the procurement storm, are there calmer waters ahead? With Brexit, the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, all leading to increased prices and soaring inflation, there is a very real procurement storm happening as we speak. So to understand the dynamics of the situation and to understand whether there are calmer waters ahead, I recently spoke with Duncan Levy. Duncan is a care sector procurement expert of many years and is a consultant at expense reduction analysts. My name's Simon Parker, and I'm the founder and chief executive of the Care Leaders Network, which is the professional community for the leaders of care organizations. We're on a mission to help our members to build remarkable care organizations. And a big part of that for me is being the host of the Care Leaders Network podcast. So here goes for my conversation with Duncan Levy. So Duncan, how do we get into this mess? And crucially, how do we get out of it? Yes, not uh, not the uh, not the easiest question to uh, to answer, but uh, yeah, it is a bit of a mess, isn't it? It's a perfect storm, really. Uh, you know, three major contributory factors all coming together pretty much at the same time, and uh, and everyone uh, giving us a good kicking, really. Uh, we've got uh, we've had Brexit, we've had COVID, we've had war in the Ukraine. Um, and all of these things have come together to uh, to, to hit in a, a particularly nasty way. Um, we've got inflation at a 41-year high, as everybody knows. Um, it's been driven by massive energy price rises, a really sharp rise in demand uh, post-COVID as supply chains were hit. Energy's really been um, uh, driven by the war in Ukraine, which is uh, totally unexpected. Uh, as we came out of COVID and we're all looking for um, a, uh, a route to recovery, uh, which, which hasn't happened in the way that we wanted to. Um, the early Brexit impact actually has had a weakening on the UK economy. Uh, predictions are anywhere up to sort of 5.2% uh, reduction. And in real terms, that's £31 billion out of the economy at this moment in time. So not insignificant. On the back of all this, there's a, work a workforce crisis fueled by, uh, by Brexit and also by COVID. Uh, there's not the numbers of overseas labour um, people around for uh, supporting particularly the, uh, the, the care sector and hospitality. Uh, we've got um, uh, COVID. A lot of people have not rejoined the workforce post-COVID, deciding there's different ways to work and other things to do. Uh, this is all combined to bring about uh, a food crisis in both availability and uh, in prices, supply chain issues. And good grief, we've even not got tomatoes anymore. You know, what happened to our tomatoes? Never known a tomato shortage before. So all sorts of things happening that we don't recognise. So, yeah, it, 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 is a, uh, it is a mess. And, um, you know, there's been a couple of own goals. There's been a couple of runouts, but... Not for me to commentate here on uh, what's happened uh, in uh, in government, but Liz Truss, and that's all I'm saying. And uh, you know, it, it's it that's been difficult too. So the way out. Well, the good thing for the social care sector, of course, is that the demand is at the highest levels ever. So demand is there, uh, which is a, a real positive. Um, the government have been completely. Uh, lacking uh, over a number of years in the social care sector, in fact, a number of governments, uh, trying to raise the, uh, the quality that, uh, that we desperately need in terms of uh, financial support uh, in all sorts of different ways. 
But there is at last a recognition that social care and the NHS need to work together and can work together. And that's starting to look significantly, uh, significantly better than it has done for some time. But so the demand is there. There's a bit more willingness to work there at the moment. But owners and directors need to they need to be smart. They need to examine all the options that are out there. There's shortage of resources in all sorts of different areas. And there's some really good expertise out there that uh, can help and are willing to help. So there's a lot of help and expertise to draw on. So overall, I'm positive about the future. And I'm also positive it's going to be difficult getting there, but uh, but we will. Thank you for the thank you for the summary there. I think those kind of the the three big contributors to the the the, the circumstances that care providers are are experiencing at the moment. Um, you described it as a perfect storm. I guess they they always say that bad things happen in happen in three. So hopefully um, we 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 can see the tail end of things. Although I guess the how um, uh, how the uh, the 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 inflation reset circumstances apparently that's going to calm down at some point in the next six six months heaven only knows what's going to happen on the with the with the war on ukraine you'd like to see think that we've seen the back of covid i think everyone's massively bored with it with covid and that hopefully that'll be kind of part of a bygone bygone era um but all of this stuff has a has an impact on on profitability and of the care organizations driven by the by the cost of course, of the of the products, the services, and the, uh, and the and the workforce, of course, themselves as uh, as well. So, yeah, there's quite a lot to to get into here. Can we talk about some of the kind of typical procurement challenges faced by providers as it stands at the at the moment? Because there's probably a few things that are going on acutely as it stands today. Mm, yeah, for sure, there, and and indeed, you're right. There uh, there are, and um, everything's affected. Yeah, the 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 energy inflation and the, uh, the, the knock-on effects from that inflation uh, not only has a direct impact on the care homes themselves, but of course it affects everybody who works in the care home, it affects them at home, uh, it affects everybody who supplies the care home, uh, which uh, is, is, is a challenge because you've got supply chain, supply chain issues for the, uh, for the suppliers, driver shortages have been uh, reported, uh, recruitment for the care home is uh, is also at a uh, a time where it's most difficult, uh, both at all levels, not just at uh, at carer level, but also in uh, in management and um, uh, and at uh, across the the whole board of uh, recruitment for uh, for care homes. Um, energy costs rising at levels never seen, which has completely blown the budgets for uh, for the care homes. Uh, it's not easy to pass these costs on. Uh, people are in contracts with the uh, local authority, or indeed they've, they've, they've got to be so mindful of uh, occupancy levels being affected by um, uh, rising uh, uh, rising fees. And occupancy levels are uh, unpredictable at the moment. There's been some recovery, but it's patchy. Uh, and generally speaking, occupancy is a, is, is a real challenge. Um, talked a little bit about uh, recruitment already but this again makes it all very stressful so what what should the the care operators be uh, focusing on well it, it's simple really in that you need to focus on the areas that are hitting you hardest and um, and not to leave stones unturned um that's that's easy for me to say um and uh, in the the heat of the moment um with the pressures uh, loading themselves onto the um, 
onto the limited resources that the care homes have uh, makes the job even more difficult but it makes it very stressful uh, but again um, because of the ongoing uh, pressure on uh, on on pricing uh, that has a knock-on effect uh, you know on other areas of um, other input costs such as insurance that's gone through the roof again and um, even the cost of borrowing so much higher so that uh, being leveraged at a, a higher level is not at all uncommon and uh, and that too is uh, is a challenge because everybody's spending so much more on their energy then actually it's the creditworthiness of previously um, really solid businesses has, has been called into question uh, because instead of spending um, well, whatever, £800,000 a, a year uh, per home or, or whatever it is, depending on, uh, on the sort of business that you've got, um, you know, that, that's now looking at at least two and a half times, if not three times higher. Uh, than it was, um, well, just as we were approaching uh, the uh, the war in Ukraine, which is just over twelve months ago now. So yeah, a real a real challenge in 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 every area, um, and a lot of companies are trying to manage this on their own, uh, and uh, that that that's really tough as well. Uh, as I said before, you know there is a lot of outside help and expertise uh, available. Uh, we're encouraging uh, conversations with our clients um, more so than, uh, than than ever before because there's more to share and there's uh, more ways of uh, of tackling the uh, the problems that the uh, the care operators have got. Uh, so you know it's it, you're not in it by yourselves. Uh, there's uh, networks like Care Leaders Network which bring together the um, uh, the this was born out of COVID, wasn't it? Uh, this was a WhatsApp group to start off with, uh, you know, so, yeah, great cooperation and uh, the fact that the, the numbers are where they are show that people really appreciate that, uh, um, uh, all these different experiences being drawn together. That's not gone away. We've actually got more problems than we got in, uh, in COVID. So it, it, it's good that we've got the formats and actually more willingness and more technology to help us uh, jump onto calls and, uh, uh, and, and share experiences and, and look for what is be best practice, because that's one of the things that I'm really going to focus on uh, is uh, coordination within uh, procurement. Um, look for best practice and don't leave anything unturned. Don't just focus on the, on the biggest problems because it all contributes. I'd like to take a moment just to say thank you to one of our sponsors who are Moneypenny. So Moneypenny are the leaders in outsourced calls and they support hundreds of care organisations by delivering brilliant conversations on their behalf by providing you with a dedicated receptionist from their specialist care team who are on hand to help out with calls and chats whenever you need them. You can find out more by heading to moneypenny.com. Sure. Yeah, I guess it's those one percent improvements across the board. That's the 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 the, the compounding effect of one percent improvements over time. It's uh, obviously Warren Buffett, who's obviously not done too badly for himself. He refers to compound interest. If it's working in your favour, it's the eighth wonder of the of the world. Um, mm. Which uh, which yeah, obviously he's uh, as I say, he's done pretty well for himself. So I think he's uh, he's probably a, a worthwhile person to to listen to in that respect. Um, you you mentioned. I guess almost or alluded to some of the dangers or risks of taking the approach where 
care providers are trying to manage all of this stuff internally. Um, I guess we've been creating some content recently. We've got some workshops around how the role of the finance team is evolving over time. There's so much stuff that's happening in that respect as it stands today um, with a team that's often, I mean, no, let's be honest, no care leaders. I don't know any care leaders that aren't time poor. You know, there's an awful lot of um, demands on, on people in leadership roles. So being able to work with a partner in this respect, of course, that's uh, it, it makes an awful lot of sense if they're able to help deliver some of those one percent, one percent, one percent improvements, if not potentially more. Um, yeah. Talk to me about the what could potentially go wrong if, if, if you haven't got that type of additional resource. Uh, and I guess what are the risks of uh, of doing so? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody would would argue too much that uh, two heads are better than one uh in uh in in many of these uh, many of these issues but the, the trouble is the the, the strategy of, of of going it alone uh is, is probably not what a lot of organizations start out with but because there are so many uh problems that are, are lurking at the moment it's very easy to be able to uh to be overcome by the uh, the amount of uh, uh work that's uh, that's in front of a procurement team at the moment um, and uh, whilst going it alone might not be their strategy, it, it ends up being the reality. And uh, the, the, with all the firefighting that uh, that presents itself, uh, and the danger is that um, you end up missing out. You end up being reactive rather than proactive. And um, you know it's, it's probably not the intention, but but it is the uh, the end result, or it can be the end result. So, of course, it's usually best to be on the front foot and, uh, and meet things uh, head on. Um, but I mean, for, for instance, I saw a, a lot of companies agonizing over what to do when the energy increases first started coming through. Um, and they ended up putting decisions off and putting decisions off in the fund and certain hope that um, things were going to recover uh, more quickly than indeed they did. And uh, so many organizations will have wished that they'd have. Uh, uh, committed early uh, uh, to yes, uh, higher costs, significantly higher costs, uh, but not the end result that uh, we saw. Well, it's starting to soften a little bit now, uh, but uh, October, November uh, last year, October particularly, uh, was probably the uh, the height of things. Things could have been uh, put in place six months before that, and uh, would have been a um, a better looking situation. But hindsight's wonderful and uh, perfect vision. So uh, it's, it's making the best of the situation that we've got now. Um, a, lot of con a lot of operators uh, will look at contract renewals uh, that they've got coming up on all sorts of services, anything from phones through to um, uh, photocopiers, and lots of maintenance contracts and, uh, and things like that. Uh, you know, maybe they're coming off a three-year deal um, and they'll uh, think, oh, okay, right, okay, we'll pull the fire out. And when did I last look at this then? Well, about three years ago. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's actually just been a little bit more in the forward planning stage. You want to get as much information about uh, changes in technology and lots of these things. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, you'd like to examine a few new suppliers but don't know quite where to go. And if you, if you, if you leave it, until you've got that sort of three-month window to the end of the contract, it's very easy to do not a lot different than you did last time. Uh, and maybe you're sending your uh, request for proposal uh, out to um, three suppliers, 
maybe the same free suppliers that you did last time. And uh, yeah, you're reasonably happy with, uh, with the devil that you know, which is your incumbent. So you wait until the uh, proposals come back. Uh, have a look who's done uh, done the best. Probably share a bit of information with the um, with the incumbent. He's like he sharpens his pencil a little bit more. Um, sign another three year contract. Put it in the drawer. Breathe a sigh of relief and move on to the next problem. Uh, there's there's ways to broaden the, uh, the 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 width of suppliers that you're looking for. Uh, and there's uh, definitely ways to um, uh, modernize the tendering process. Uh, there's uh, ways on which you can uh, draw on the experience of people who know the market uh, from an independent um, uh, point of view, uh, who can go to the market on your behalf, very much with your best interests uh, in uh, to the fore. Um, at a time when resource is stretched at the moment, then um, that might be something that's well worth considering. Um, many of these um, organizations, like ours, like expense reduction analysts, um, operate in a way that um, uh, gives a, a view and a perspective uh, that um, is difficult to gain when you're only looking at these areas once every uh, two or three years because it's contract renewal time. Uh, and uh, that sort of uh, shared experience and shared expertise uh, is something that uh, can shorten uh, the amount of your management time that's uh, involved, increase enormously the uh, the options and the views that you can get uh, in order to uh, make an informed decision, and um, then the the implementation and the monitoring monitoring of that uh, is is looked after it for you, uh, and. That allows you to get on with your strategic planning rather than the uh, the tactical execution of um, uh, of implementation. So yeah, it, it's it's easy to get bogged down. It's easy to get uh, immersed, but there's some really good solutions out there uh, with um, with support with the, the best interests at heart of the client. A quick word about one of the sponsors who helps make the Care Leaders Network podcast possible. Bev and Britain works in partnership with the social care sector, delivering high quality legal and regulatory advice. Their award winning teams across the UK provide workforce, regulatory, corporate, commercial, real estate and litigation advice. And their team truly believes in strong partnerships. They really understand what it takes to deliver outstanding care and to build a thriving business. To find out more, head to bevanbritain.com. I guess having a partner to be able to help with all of that type of stuff kind of helps it allows you you mentioned obviously broadening your kind of spectrum of supplier opportunities to be able to go and speak to and i guess in doing that you're you're kind of getting on the front foot again coming back to the point around the fact that most care leaders are time poor it's just yes. an inevitability of the sector um and probably increasingly so with everything that seems to be going on at the moment being able to have a partner that can look at things probably before you get to a point of getting round to looking at them, having somebody that can be kind of a, a little bit more proactive um, rather than that, to your point, the kind of, oh, we've got three months of the contract left, like a bit of an oh shit moment, kind of thinking, oh God, we've got to get our act, act together. And then I guess even in that set of circumstances, because you're you're naturally going to be under more pressure because of, of, of that particular scenario, um, you're, because of the pressure, you're, I know that I would probably be more prone to making a snap decision because I don't have that much time and I feel like I'm forced into a forced into a bit of a um 
I've got I've got limited options, so I'm, I'm making the best of what's presented with me in that mm -hmm. in that moment, and that but that might be an okay option. It might even be a great option, but it, is it necessarily going to be a great option? Are there other uh, is there other potential from 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 other uh, suppliers or or with different kind of contract structures and things like that as uh, as well? Because there's um, it's not just the the product and the price. There's the way that it's paid for and all that type of stuff as well, which of course can be can be extremely beneficial. So. Um, it, we um so the care leaders network we're a we're a, we're a carbon uh neutral organization we're actually working on becoming a um uh we we we'd like to uh use i guess um uh uh, uh brew dog as a uh, as a as an example of an organization that's managed to become carbon neutral to the extent that they they actually take out twice as much carbon from the atmosphere as they put in to run the run the organization um that's something that we're planning on doing this year so sustainability for for, for us as an organization is something that's super super important i think it's incumbent on all organizations all people to be mindful of their of their carbon footprint we're um we're, because everyone's home-based we haven't got an office we our, our carbon footprint's relatively minimal anyway um but you know i think it's it's important for us to all for us to do our bit and I think particular, particularly with um, there are certain financing options and things that are now available to people who ha have a uh, an, an approach to uh, sustainability. It seems to be something that seems to be kind of picking up speed and things like that. Talk to me about sustainability as a major consideration for provider these providers these days. And then like, how can that be built into the procurement strategy and the, and the supply chain and things like that? Because that's... Um, I can imagine, well, from, certainly from what I've seen, there is an increased number of providers who are minded to focus on this type of stuff. And I think that number is just going to keep going up and up over time. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. We're, we're in a really, really good place uh, to uh, to build sustainability into the uh, into the procurement process. And I, I think procurement's got a, a major role to play in uh, providing sustainability uh, in, in all sorts of different ways for the uh, for its own organization. Um, sustainability isn't a different thing to, uh, you know, uh, if you're uh, yeah, putting a new fleet of photocopiers in or putting a, um, a new fleet of cars in or putting uh, new telecom systems in or IT, or even in the way that uh, food, for instance, is is procured and uh, and managed, um, there's not really a sustainable version and uh, a non-sustainable version uh, that uh, that you've got the choice of. Um, everybody's looking for improved efficiencies. Everybody's looking to uh, reduce uh, carbon footprints. Uh, I think the confusing area within all of this is that there's this label of sustainability which um, uh, which arrives uh, uh, on uh, on new product launches and uh, and what have you uh, that uh, it's almost treated as a as a separate thing and the suspicion is that you're going to be paying more for it um, whereas with true sustainability brought into your processes uh, and therefore reflected in your request for proposals and uh, the way that you source uh, new uh, your new services, then um, you should be doing things in a sustainable way and projecting that sustainability uh, into um, uh, into the products that you're buying. Uh, that way, that's delivering improved efficiencies, uh, giving yourself more options to future-proof the um, uh, 
the services and the uh, equipment and the technology that you're utilizing to um, uh, support the uh, the businesses your business in a, an ever increasing way. So um, building sustainability into into your tenders is a really really good place to start um, and making sure that your suppliers are operating in a way that helps you operate uh, and uh, and prove that uh, sustainability is an outcome uh, of being uh, efficient in the way that you uh, procure, in the way that you stock, in the way that you use uh, staff services and, uh, and, and products that, uh, that uh, are actually being bought uh, by the unit. Um, and you really, you know, once you start applying the, the, the bottom-up process, uh, it's a, um, the, the, the outcomes look after themselves. And it's like in lots of, lots of operations, you save a lot more money by reducing your input costs uh, than actually by trying to produce a um, uh, an increase in profit from uh, from rising prices. Uh, you know, so to start at that input end of the uh, the business uh, rather than uh, at the, uh, at the at your customer end uh, is also a very strong way to uh, to support the um, the strategy that you're trying to to bring in. Um, sustainability wears many different hats doesn't it you know it's very easy to identify areas in building costs uh, and, and building management where you've got opportunities for uh, sustainability and uh, and efficiency and that's a really good area where you think okay a lot of people say to me yeah i've done that i've, I've done i've got led light bulbs and uh, and solar panels on the roof but that doesn't touch hardly any of it uh, you know the the energy management uh, side of it has got uh, many different elements, and then you know all the uh, the, the the servicing of uh, of contracts and uh, management of uh, contracts, management of uh, of your heating. Um, all of these things uh, all contribute. And again, it's that's your Mr. Buffett comes in at that point, and uh, and it all grows together and. Um, uh, brings an outcome that's uh, a, a, an accumulation of all, all the uh, uh, of all the incremental gains. So, very uh, round. I guess what I'm saying there is that you know, yes, it's it's not buying one thing in a sustainable manner. It's having everything wrapped up in a, a sustainable envelope. And one of the things that I get very excited about because I'm a a, a food specialist. Um, uh, in in my project work with uh, expense reduction analysts and um, food waste is is you know we all see these pictures uh, of, uh, of food being thrown away and there's all sorts of um, uh, examples of what food waste might might be is it a quarter is it a third well it, it's certainly bloody high whichever number it is for you uh, and uh, there's there's lots of efficiencies uh, to be gained at, uh, at the front end. So how you buy it in the first place. So control the way that you're purchasing your food. Um, control the way that you're prepping your food so that you're not throwing away uh, at the preparation stage uh, anything anything more than you absolutely need to. Um, and then how much are you wasting at uh, at service time? You know, are you piling the plates up so high that it turns the residents off? Um, uh, turns the appetites down, and then you're throwing loads away at the end of the uh, the service. You know, there's there's lots to be said for uh, uh, preparing food in a really 
uh, attractive way on the plate. People can always ask for more. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's really uh, amazing sometimes just how you see a lack of thought in, uh, in food uh, presentation within the, uh, the dining rooms. And that's, that's a big thing for me, too. Um, and then even in, when you've got your waste uh, from all of those different areas, you get charged again for chucking it in the bin. Uh, because so often uh, the um, refuse collectors now increasingly charge by weight. Uh, food is one of the heaviest waste materials that you uh, you pop into the bins on a regular basis. So uh, there's not there, there's not a step in meal preparation and food disposal at which there aren't opportunities to make uh, really sustainable uh, savings. And um, that's a real hobby horse of mine. Sure, no, it makes uh, makes sense, and um, yeah, I guess you've got the the overall consumption of stuff, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. managing that probably the easiest route to cost savings almost almost immediately. And of course, some people will do it brilliantly, and some yes, people there's a, there's a bit of work to do. But no, that's really interesting. And do you think? Okay, so talk to me about challenges and opportunities uh, for us to, to round up on talk yep. to us about the challenges and opportunities for the care sector particularly around the the digital space uh, I, I think there's um, as we, we we have said uh, already uh, there's there's lots of opportunities out there there's lots of ways of gaining efficiencies there's lots of ways of uh, using your resources uh, in, in in a better way scarce resources as they are as well so um, I think the, the, the opportunities for advancement in, uh, in the digital space are, are, are enormous. Uh, some are going to happen because of regulatory requirements. Some are going to happen because of uh, uh, efficiency gains, and uh, both in terms of, uh, of cost and, uh, and also in terms of staff utilisation. Give you a few examples, for instance, uh, electronic care planning. Uh, up, to, up to the beginning of last year, um, still more than half of um, uh, of, of care homes um, were using uh, care planning uh, as a paper-based exercise, uh, which brings all sorts of challenges. Uh, now, uh, I think it was Sajid Javid when he was health secretary uh, announced that he wanted uh, electronic care planning to be uh, largely in place uh, by the end of 2024. Um, and certainly there's a, an awful lot of uh, movement in um been made in uh, in that space you've only got to go to any of the uh, the care shows and see lots of uh, new care planning tools that uh, that are available that's fine but how do you separate what what's what's good what's great and what's just doing what everybody else is doing uh so um again a helping hand in that direction is uh, is is extremely uh, extremely useful um recruitment talked about recruitment and uh, retention of uh, those who have been recruited uh, is, is also a real big, uh, real big challenge. So there's lots of digital recruitment tools out there, uh, not just um, client, uh, not just um, uh, recruitment in terms of um, applicant uh, tracking systems, uh, but you know, real strong psychometric development uh, where you, you you get into a space where you're recruiting people uh, who have the attributes and the skill sets uh, to fulfill that role um, and, and actually reducing the amount of people you need to interview 
uh, and um, getting a more sustainable result from the people that you uh, you interview as well. So lots in the uh, digital recruitment space to uh, to really benefit what's uh, what's going on. Um, and, and again, these are all areas that uh, that that I work with and that expense reduction analysts, uh, analysts work with. Uh, in order to support our uh, healthcare clients in the best possible way. There's resident and family communications and resident security uh, software out there that's, um, you know, it, it's taken off in the States in, in quite a large way. Um, it, it all contributes in uh, helping reduce risk in the home. That word risk pricks up the ears of insurance companies. And if you're reducing risk, then chances are you're redu reducing the um, um the cost of uh, insurance renewal next time round, as well as improving other things as well. So again, that ticks back to the uh, sustainability routes we were talking about. Massive advantages in tele uh, advances in telemedicine and telehealth services, uh, particularly uh, relevant in um, domiciliary care, of course, where you've got remote patient management. But you know, stepping into the care home sector as well now. And that's a, uh, a real opportunity for, for advancement, better care for the, um, uh, for the resident and um, giving you the opportunity to use your staff in a, uh, a, more, uh, a more efficient way, but without losing the, uh, uh, the personal touch, the human touch uh, that's so important with uh, carer to uh, uh, resident um, uh, health. Uh, what else have we got? Staffing software, yeah, loads of it. Uh, roster management and um, uh, linking up to, uh, to Sage software for um, uh, for payment runs and everything like that. Uh, lots of ways to improve your um, uh, use of uh, staffing out there. Uh, and really difficult to keep up to date. A lot of people say to me, oh yeah, I did that, put one in five years ago. The changes in the last five years are enormous. <laughs> you know, so it, it's so that's where you need that future proofing, the ability to update systems and really take uh, take an eye for uh, for what's coming around the corner. It's not about what's the cheapest on the marketplace. It's what's going to be still helping you have run really efficiently and improve your business in five years time. And uh, it's uh, it's a good way to look at it. And that, you know, things like procure to pay and stock control systems have been around for a long time. For the improvements in those and the way that they integrate into other areas is massive as well. So um, very, very few areas that can't be improved uh, by the application of the right technology in the right way uh, that, that's scoped for your particular business. Mm, yeah, yeah, it, just, yes, it, it is. Yeah. Definitely makes uh, makes a lot of sense. So, look, um, really, really helpful. I think, broadly speaking, what we're talking about, it's a good news story. There's plenty of pressure, but with the right support, um, people can navigate this uh, well and look for those incremental gains. So, Duncan, thank you so much for your, for your time. Thank you for sharing your insights and things like that. I'm sure people will be keen to connect with you to talk about how potentially you could help them with their care organisation. So thank you very much for your time today. Delighted to chat. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you.